for it. Woo! Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another but new pre-fall episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and a very special guest whom we will introduce in a moment. But we are so blessed to be spending this time with you. Praise God. Absolutely. Folks, I'm going to give you a number right away and hold on to it, but I want to give you a number, especially those of you who have experienced the blessing of the Apostolate for Family Consecration, who've been to Catholic family land, because I'm going to invite you later on in the program to maybe call in and share with our listeners the powerful experience it was for you and our family, because we have the executive director with us tonight, Teresa Schmitz, and we're going to talk about that. So it would be great if you called in and shared what that experience has done for you. So 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. But I get ahead of myself. I want to set the stage here a little bit, folks. You're a little excited. I am. I'm very excited. So, folks, most of you listening right now are good Catholic families. And those who are not Catholic or into your faith, we welcome you tonight also because we're really about the abundant life. Which of us don't want awesome relationships? Which of us don't want to thrive in this world? Because beyond just our faith, sociology validates validates God's law, validates God's plan for our lives. And the question that I have, I invite you to share with me tonight, is what is decisive for Catholic families? What is decisive for us to live it? And I'm going to submit to you that what is decisive right now in this moment for good Catholic families is that we navigate from being spiritual consumers to living it. We navigate from being spiritual consumers to living it. Now, what do I mean by that? Spiritual consumers. We are looking for always the next great event, the next great book, the next great program, the next great moment. We define faith in terms of these products, if you will, that we consume. Now, our hearts are alive. We pray. We've got moments throughout the day, but it's maybe short of saying, Lord, you want us to be saints. You want us to be thinking and breathing and alive in your spirit and to foster in our home, to take the lead that instead of Crisio, Chirp, Axe, Ignite, name the program, and those leaders defining those great moments of encounter, that we take that lead, that we have a vision and we take that leadership in our marriages and in our homes. And even though we've got work, yes, wonderful. We've got school, we've got demands and sports, we got that. In the midst of that, all of it we begin to see is God's plan for our holiness, God's plan for our sainthood. And we structure it and work together with our spouses and kids to make it an occasion truly of living it, a custom design path for holiness. So I will say it again. The challenge, if you're like me, my wife and me, and what we're really all about with Mass Impact is navigating from spiritual consuming moments to living it. So a, a few quick commercials. Having said that, I have to introduce a few events coming up, but with the knowledge that all of these are not meant to be standalone. They're meant to ignite something. So tonight, Ignite's taking place at Holy Trinity. Tomorrow night, you have two options. I'm sorry, St. Peter's Huron is tonight. Tomorrow, you've got two options. September 19th, Wednesday, you have the option of Holy Trinity out in Swanton or Assumption, and you have Most Blessed Sacrament both taking place at 6.30 p.m. We really encourage you to partake of those events. And in a special way, next week, Thursday, we are having a region-wide Ignite. We're partnering with Peter Range to really bring some grace to the 40 Days for Life movement. We have a wonderful short testimonial by Sue Hohenbrink, a post-abortive woman. We uh, just are so excited to be at St. Rose in Perrysburg. And uh, it's free. All these are free. We ask you, though, to sign up for 
at Ignite next week at ilovemyfamily.us. ilovemyfamily.us. Make the commitment now. And this is another part, I think, of going from spiritual consuming to actually living it, is see these important things. We talk all the time about putting that flag in the sand, making the commitment and grace follows. Make the commitment and grace follows. So certainly sign up for that Ignite next Thursday, special region-wide Ignite, and certainly at our site, massimpact.us. We are encouraging you to keep making that commitment at least once a week to bring your family together to talk and pray based upon Sunday readings. We cannot give strong enough testimony of what people are saying when they do this. Yes, they have to overcome the reservations and the doubts and the awkwardness of kids who may be more into devices or, you know, you're tired at the end of the day. But pick that night, this week even, and gather together. We offer that free live it gathering guide. Uh, you, marriages are talking about how their marriages have been transformed. Uh, families and kids, we, you've heard them on this radio program, talk about the difference it made and how much they really want their parents to lead in this way. So the Live It Gathering Guide is all about that. And that's what all these events are meant to ignite. They're meant to ignite living it out in our homes. So next Thursday, St. Rose in Perrysburg, the time is 6.30 also? Is that yes. correct, Greg? Okay, hope to see you all there to come before our Eucharistic Lord and uh, and just bless up, as they say. I've never heard that phrase. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to our children then. Okay. Bless up, Dad. All right, so without further ado, our special guest this evening, Teresa Schmitz. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you so much, Stephanie and Greg. So what's really neat is that we got to meet Teresa, first of all, through her daughter, Izzy. Izzy is uh, on the road. Is she still on the road with Justin? She is another year with the Missionaries of Heart as Nails Ministry. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, Justin, as you folks know, Justin is Fatica. a good friend of ours. Uh, you know, you're amazing, and Heart as Nails Ministries, and he's spoken in this area many times. Often his bus is parked in, not often, but a couple times mm-hmm. here. He'll be parked in front of our house. And Izzy, we got to meet some of the delightful missionaries mm-hmm. who are part of that. And so we got to meet Izzy before we even met mm-hmm. Teresa. Well, what a beautiful young woman. Yeah. And, Thank you. And Steph, you and uh, Teresa share something in common. So prior to going live, um, just the discovery that Teresa and I are both ch- child number 11, if you will, in mm-hmm. our families, so, which is just very cool, very, very blessed. Yeah, so, yeah that really is. With that as the launch, we love to have our guests kind of uh, tell their story, starting way back when in their encounter with Christ. And um, you had shared prior to airtime that you were born the same year as the Apostolate for Family Consecration was founded. And I'm sure that your story yeah. and the story of this beautiful apostolate kind of are intertwined. So I'll let you take it from here, Teresa. Okay. Well, thank you so much once again, uh, Stephanie and Greg. And just everything that you're doing to to ignite families and, and the love of Christ in families, it just mm-hmm. it, it really fills my heart with great joy. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm number eleven, which I, I don't meet many people that are number eleven um, in a family. So yes. um, I'm I'm happy to know I have that connection with you, Steph. <laughs> so cool. Um, and yeah, as I reflect on my life, um, you know, I'm 42 years old. And um, my mother passed away when I was 26 years old, um, 16 years ago. And um, my father passed away this past July. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we come to a point in our lives, um, especially for me personally, um, with 
no longer having my parents here on earth, it, it really presses me into um, a new era, and a new way of, of looking at things and even reflecting upon things. Um, so I know um, being child number 11 and um, being um, raised by my parents during Gwen Conacher, who um, really felt compelled and called by God to um, help parents understand their role and their mission of passing on the faith to their children. And, um, and so when I reflect on my life and my upbringing, and as a mother of um, six children here on earth and, and one um, in heaven, um, I, I look at that with a new set of eyes, and I see... Um, Really, what they what they believed in and what they what they fought for um, to to pass on this faith and, and to bring it you know to a point where it'd be fully alive in their children and um, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to have had parents that I I had and um, their commitment to this mission um, of passing on the faith because I do believe that they have passed it on to me and I have been able to fully embrace it and know that um, it is the source of my strength. Um, it is my guiding light in everything. Um, and life is a journey, and it's a journey of um, joys and sorrows and um, all of that um, with the vision for the glory to come. Mm. So I feel um, just very grateful at this at this moment in my life and just reflecting on that um, and realizing that we as parents have this opportunity and this gift, um, this time with our children to to pass on this faith, and it's it not just in the catechetical sense of things, but really truly living in our relationship with Jesus and um, His presence in our lives, His presence in our joys and our sorrows, and so... I'm just grateful I've seen in my parents them living their relationship with God and in in our family life and in in the joys Mm -hmm. and the sorrows, and that has um, stuck with me in very profound ways um, and has um, allowed me to embrace this, and um, I feel fully alive in Christ and His grace and His love is amazing. It's beautiful. Teresa, I'm going to back us up, and that's just that's just absolutely beautiful how uh, parents provide literally a culture, an atmosphere more significant than anyone else. This is the future of humanity passes by way of the family, John mm-hmm. Paul II. You are a testimony to that. And, and you and I both know I inherited such a family. Stephanie did also. It's very mm-hmm. rare. Unfortunately, it's rare. Mm-hmm. And the building blocks of it, I want to take us maybe back to 1975. You're number 11. You're born. And it's a culture where, uh, let's face it, more families are becoming thermometers than thermostats. They're more reflecting mm-hmm. a culture around them of free sex and contraception mm-hmm. and the values that are immersed. There's no judgment on our part, but these are things that now, years later, 42 years later, we see uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the fruit of that. And many who have experienced that are, I know, people who are now mm-hmm. married and kids, and they come to share with you at the Apostle for Family Consecration, mm-hmm. as we do in our ministry, that they inherited some of the weeds, and mm-hmm. um, they didn't have necessarily those families that formed them, and they tasted of the world, and mm-hmm. when the world said, you can kind of pick your own 
truth and your own good, and they did, and they were wounded by it. We can't create moral law. It creates us. It has mm-hmm. created us. So that whole idea was going on back in the 1970s. Now, when I go to your website, which, folks, I encourage you to check out. It is beautiful. It is vast. It, it, there's a lot here at afc.org. Not KFC. AFC, mm-hmm. Apostolate for Family Consecration.org. So, Teresa, I see... As I scroll down here, I see a beautiful picture of your grounds. It's a vast picture. Mm -hmm. I see innumerable little cottages and cars, and I see the beautiful trees, and of course the sunlight is coming up, so there's a property there. Your dad and mom Mm -hmm. must have had a vision uh, back then Mm -hmm. for what what they wanted to create. It costs some money. It costs some, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, blood, sweat, and tears. Can you paint a little little bit? bit of the picture of the realism yeah. of Jerry and Gwen, 1975, and the build-up to it, and what their mm-hmm. vision was to establish this. Yes, yes, I'd be happy to. I, um, My parents, when they realized the attack on the family, um, was in the 60s, and um, well, bef- before I was born, and um my dad entered the political arena to try to combat what he knew, what he saw happening was there was an agenda to strip morals from um, the education system and that it was a way, a conspiracy to um, form our children um, in um, the the false truths and really, you know, strip away Christianity. And so um, when he became aware of that, he was um, a very driven man, a very successful businessman, and so he felt called to um, use his drive and his organizational abilities to, to begin a campaign to bring about awareness to the families um, in the communities that were not uh, aware of what was going on in the, in the school system. And um, to his dismay, um, despite all of the work that, that he had begun and all of the petitions he had signed um, showing that the voice of the people did not want the introduction of the sex education into the school system. Um, when the board of directors um, went ahead and passed it, anyhow, um, at that point in time, he realized this is a spiritual battle um, and we need to combat it um, from a spiritual Angle and um, so after some prayer and discernment and meditation, um, and he was led into this devotion of total consecration of, of living completely um, for Jesus and being a set apart for Him through His Blessed Mother. Um, my parents entered into consecration, and when they give when they made their consecration and gave their lives over to Jesus to be used by him to carry out his mission on earth. It led them to um, believe that they were being called to to take their family to Fatima. They moved um, to Fatima, Portugal. Um, There were seven children at the time. My mother was expecting her eighth child. And they moved there, and they felt that they were meant to raise um, their family in a Catholic culture to be able to equip their family to come back when they were raised to come to America and help evangelize. So that was what they thought the vision was. And um, after spending two years there, um, they realized that that was not um, what God was calling them to, but in fact um, to come back to America and to um, gather families that, that wanted to live out their commitments that they made to Christ in their baptism and when they baptized their children. Um, to create um, 
a support for families so that they wouldn't feel abandoned and alone and mm-hmm. and to the point where my parents were at where they felt they needed to retreat from America um, in order to preserve the mm-hmm. faith in their family. So um, yeah. so that led to the, the forging of a movement and a ministry in 1975 um, where, again, my father was um, feeling very called to use his um, gifts that, that he was given just in the natural world, a sense of business and organization and um, motivation, and um, to create a movement of families um, where they would be um, in, instructed and protected by truth, but then also to have a sense of support and community that there are other people that want this too and that, that want to fight for this and they want truth and they want um, their children to experience God's love and to know their faith and to love their faith and to share that. And um, that is what led to forging a movement where um, families could partake in that. And I know from a personal level, um, just speaking personally, that um, it was very helpful for me as a young child and, and a teenager to meet other families whose parents were after the same thing. And um, prior to um, the Apostle for Family Consecration being um, known by others, um, because as you well know, it takes a lot to forge an awareness in a ministry, um, I felt very alone. Um, you know, I felt that our family was the only family mm. um, who had these rules to live by and, you know, prayed the family rosary every day. And, you know, I, I did not feel like there were other people around me um, whose parents were doing the same things um, until the ministry started to grow. And I, and I started to meet other young people my age whose parents were doing the same thing. And that, for me, changed so much. Wow. Um, I, at that point, at a, a young age, was able to just, like, let my guard down and to um, be able to receive and taste and see what was being um, given to us by our parents. And that positive peer pressure of my friends um, was amazing, and, and I really do believe that it set the tone for, for how I would choose um, my path and, and what I would do uh, with my life. Wonderful. Folks, just a quick commercial. Uh, If you go to afc.org, you will see they have a very exciting event coming up this very weekend. It is a Totus Tuis, Consecrate Them in Truth, family conference. It's taking place this coming weekend, Friday through Sunday, September 21st through the 23rd. And uh, what can you expect there? Well, you've got some phenomenal speakers. You have uh, Bishop Monfortin, Father Clem Hassencox, you have a Father Wolfgang Seitz, Father Peter John Cameron, who's the founder and former editor of Magnificat, who's now partnering with our boy Justin Fatika. You have Justin Fatika and a beautiful worship leader familiar to many in our audience, Audrey Assad. So this is one of the many things as you go to this site, that, uh, and they're not too far away, four hours, it's a nice little drive for us. Um, a number of families from here do go to um, the Catholic family land. And again, we encourage you folks to uh, call in in maybe 20 minutes and share with us your own experience there. So, um, Teresa, very blessed in that background. How did your dad put butter on the crackers? <laughs> How did he pay the bills back then? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good question. Well, um, he started his own business at um, a very young age. Um, it was a time management organization business. 
And um, he was very successful in his sales. Um, some of his clients were IBM and Walgreens. And so he had um, a very successful career going. Um, but when he was called into this spiritual battle in a spiritual world, um, he had enough to live on to um, support his family, sold the business, but he had uh, royalties of sales that, that continued. So he used that to start up um, the Apostate for Family Consecration, and that did carry it for several years um, into finally um, getting the movement going where it became um, uh, supported by benefactors and, um, you know, other revenue-generating um, opportunities within the ministry to sustain it. It's beautiful. Folks, our guest tonight is Teresa Schmidt. She is the Executive Director of the Apostolate for Family Consecration, a, a wonderful organization that is all about consecrating families. And what I really like about your story, Teresa, and the witness of your parents, is that it wasn't enough. Was it the St. Louis de Montfort consecration that they prayed? Or was it something yes, it different? Was. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was so many of you folks like us may be familiar with these wonderful devotionals, but something moved Jerry and Gwen Conacher to say, we really want to do more than pray this and make this act mm-hmm. of consecration. Like this, this is something to do with, with a way of life. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of, it, it's a pavement. It's not just coming to a door, mm-hmm. as we often say, and opening that door and maybe checking out what's on the inside. But on the other side of the door, it suggested a kind of road, a kind of way. And um, let me ask the question, Teresa. So on that other side of the door, your parents knew there was a kind of way, but they were kind of alone in it. Um, what are some of maybe the challenges they faced in paving that road of what this looks like, you know, and even today to engage families in this modern culture, even the best of us, good Catholic families, what are the challenges to engage us in really being about living this in our marriages and families? Yeah, so back in uh, the 1970s and 75 in particular, when this um, movement was founded, um, as you may well know, that lay movements were not that well-known or um, uh, or even in existence. Um, so it was, um, my, my father felt very um, compelled and drawn to help awaken within the laity the call that we have to partake in um, the um, building up of God's kingdom, and that it's not just reserved for the ordained or the religious. And so um, so there, there was an, uh, an awakening, and so that there were a lot of obstacles that had to be overcome um, um, in order for laity to, to receive um, a layman um, leading in that capacity. That, that was um, definitely something that was a challenge, um, but my father was able to really work with um, priests and bishops and, um, and really had a, a, a deep reverence for um, the, the holy priesthood and, and the role that, that they played and the hierarchy plays in, in overseeing and governing the Church. So, but he, as a lay person, really felt called and compelled to help ignite the laity to their call to also participate in that. So, um, so I would say those were some of the obstacles in, in the first, you know, 15, 20 years of the Apostolate for Family Consecration. Um, but it, it's amazing for me to reflect on, you know, all of the history and then to look at where we are now, and, and that's no longer an obstacle. Um, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a time and a place where um, people are very receptive to the Holy Spirit 
um, using lay people to um, to carry out um, the mission of Christ here on earth. So they were truly groundbreakers for mm-hmm. future movements because I think we take that so much for granted now. Praise mm-hmm. God that there are so many different right. opportunities for lay people and um, for sure, you know, yeah, in those yeah. ways. But yes, way back when that certainly was not yeah. the case. And I think in yeah. order for the Lord to bless something as He has blessed this. You know, you had mentioned your father having a great reverence for the holy priesthood and, you know, mm-hmm. the church. And um, I think the even just going through um, your website and, and knowing families who have been down there, it certainly gives great evidence to that because those roots run deep and um, and you can see the fruits of that. Can you explain, mm-hmm. Teresa, uh, for those of our listeners who don't know what the word apostolate means, you can't just slap that on any ministry. Can you, can you give the background yeah. and the and the beautiful story with that? Yeah. So um, the whole uh, commission, um, you know, first and foremost, that we all as baptized uh, Christians, you know, receive um, at the time of our baptism a, a mission and a commission to, you know, to carry out. God's work here on earth, and He He um, chooses to allow us to participate in that. And so, um, with an apostolate, a um, you know a gathering of of people in a movement to to carry out a particular mission in the church um, is is a you know it's a great um, task and undertaking, um, you know, but you know a great privilege to to be a form of apostles and, and carrying out the work of an apostle um, in, in, in the word apostolate flowing from that. And um, for you guys are very much uh, deeply rooted also with John Paul II, both in the spirit mm-hmm. of him and, um, yeah. and then Cardinal Ratzinger. And, you know, so more than a reverence for mm-hmm. Holy Priesthood, I think the... Uh, just the, those connections with truly mm-hmm. holy men of God and uh, just yeah, just yeah. truly orthodox roots is awesome. Right, Teresa. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, my father was very um, drawn to um, Saint John Paul II, and um, and much more than the fact that he was the Pope at the time of the, the forging of of the Apostle for Family Consecration. But it went much deeper than that. And it went into um, a desire to capture the um, the teachings and the the profound um, gifts that that our Lord had given to John Paul II, um, meant to be preserved um, until the end of time, and not you know just the passing you know of, of pontificates. But so um, so there was a very keen interest in in draw towards towards his person and his spirituality. And um, that has been uh, transmitted into our ministry, um, the John Paul II Holy Family Center um, was, was the name um, that it, the Catholic Family Land is the overall umbrella of that name. But yeah, there's a real heart and connection with um, St. John Paul II. And um, Cardinal Ratzinger um, did have several encounters. My father had several encounters with him. Um, and he did endorse the, the work of the Apostle for Family Consecration and specifically its catechetical programs uh, for families. 
That's awesome. So, folks, I was really blessed in the day, 1990s, uh, while I was working at Franciscan University of Steubenville, um, heading up Light and Life Foundation, and blessed to go out there at the time. They had a, a multimedia aspect of the apostolate, and a good friend of mine, Paul Lauer, and I went out there for mm-hmm. some of the conferences. Some of you folks know Paul Lauer. With Motive Entertainment, he founded U Magazine back in the day, and he was uh, behind uh, Passion of the Christ, was a significant player, and then we were definitely blessed to partner with uh, promoting um, Narnia and some other films and so it was really cool for me to be part of it back then and there there's a there was a buzz there was um, you know a sense of something is happening here and like any apostolate it's a steps in faith right it's steps of mm-hmm. uh, trust you don't have all the gifts you're responding in faith mm-hmm. to God's grace and his provision and no singular person <laughs> certainly has mm-hmm. has even a fraction of what's needed to do it right. Teresa what are your insights about that whole picture that to, to pull off a mission and I know it's still growing but to mm-hmm. pull it off the importance of everybody kind of um being attuned to their role in the body of Christ. Right. You have a team there. Yeah. You've got, you know, actually two, two questions yeah. here. What is the scope of the apostolate? Do you have religious and priests who are involved with it? It looks like you have missionaries. Tell us a little bit about that. And then just, of course, that insight. How important is it to understand one body, many parts, and apply it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is, those are good questions. <laughs> That's Megan. a lot and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's so important. Um, Yes, it's God gives each and each of his sons and daughters a particular package of gifts and in a in a purpose to to carry out um his mission here on earth and um and it is so dependent on the the complementary gifts of one another and I really did see that um, in play uh, with my parents. Um, both of them are, are considered founders of the Apostle for Family Consecration, and they both, um, you know, each of their gifts um, were were extracted and pulled out to to bring about this this ministry. And, um, and as husband and wife, and, and just as you, um, Greg and Stephanie, you're you're getting to experience this. Um, you really have you know, your sacramental union, um, which is awesome. Um, and then you have like the, the, the grace of your baptism and the charisms given at your baptism. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see how, um, God like pulls that out of a husband and wife to, to bring about, um, Mm -hmm. a a great work. So that is like what I witnessed, you know, centrally with my parents, but then, um, the need for other people and for other gifts and that God, chooses and designs um, for that collaboration to happen. And in that, there's so much um, uh, potential for growth in, in family, like, you know, the, the bonds of, you know, being brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, and you, you just take, like, this view of, of the natural family that we have with mother and, and father and, you know, sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and um, you translate that into a spiritual realm, and you you allow God to use that. It can be so powerful and so beautiful. Um, and so, clearly, without the the gifts and and um, blessings of, of other individuals, um, the apostate for family contribution would not be where it is today. Like clearly, um, without a doubt, and it, it did require um, a, a collaboration of people. 
and of, of charisms to come together to, to bring it about. Wonderful. Teresa, we have some folks who are calling in that have been part of the Apostle of the Catholic Family Land that want to share some testimonials. So and I encourage folks uh, to please call in and share if you're listening right now and moved by Teresa Schmitz and if you've experienced the Apostle for Family Consecration or Catholic Family Land, call us, 877-275-8098. Good evening, Nikki. You're on Ignite Radio Live. What do you have to share with us? Hey there. Hi, Nikki. Um, well, hi, Teresa. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Great. Well, I um, am so glad that you are on the air with the leaders because um, your ministry has had a huge impact on our entire family. Oh, and um, God. So, yeah, so I just wanted to share with everyone. Um, awesome. how it has been such a beautiful um, part of our family the last five years. We have um, attended um, for five summers at mm. Catholic Family Land, and um, it really is the highlight of our year. And not only that, but um, it has really created... Um, just a culture of faith in our family. Mm-hmm. And what is so awesome, and my friends and I who attend each year, we always um, comment how blessed we are to be involved with Mass Impact at the same time mm-hmm. because it's just such a beautiful mix um, mm-hmm. of, I, I don't know what you'd call it, gifts, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And so we just we just really appreciate um, you know what the apostolate has done for our family as mm-hmm. far as um, just prayer within our family mm-hmm. and um, just charity and showing mm-hmm. one another um, you know love and um, just in the day to day. That's awesome, yeah. Nikki. And I, I yeah. love hearing the stories when your family and others that are a part of our lives and our, you know, ongoing ministry, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we can continue to, throughout the rest of the year, you know, when you guys come back, mm-hmm. first of all, to hear the stories and to see how you guys were affected and then, you know, how it's just integrated and blended and, you know, um, building each other up because of that. Something mm-hmm. that I think mm-hmm. is so awesome um, listening to the stories is I think many of these families, um, the kids and the parents have had separate opportunities, whether it's an axe retreat or um, mm-hmm. Catholic Youth Summer Camp, which is, you know, an awesome, awesome opportunity and gift to mm-hmm. many of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but this something that stands out to me as an outsider, if you will, is that the whole family gets to experience it together. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to speak to that at all, Nikki or Teresa, um, just the gift that that is, you know, to be able to do it well, mm-hmm. all together. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it really is um, a unique experience because we have a lot of time together as a family to process different things. So, um and I'm sure Teresa has explained this too, 
but there's wonderful um, opportunities for the couples to listen to talks together. And then, you know, the young people have their breakout groups. But when we come together, um, there's just, there's so much to share with one another. So it's, um, I think, a great balance um, of spending time together as a family and then being with other families and seeing how they are together. A certain certain um, brother of Christ. Living our faith. Sorry, I interrupted. Mm-hmm. A certain brother of mine in Christ, who will be nameless except by Jeff, uh, came back from the apostolate for family consecration mm-hmm. a couple years ago and shared with me a powerful experience. And he shared this maybe even on air with us or whatever. But it was a situation mm-hmm. where I think just men were gathered with their sons and Justin Fatiga, mm-hmm. Justin was up front saying, mm-hmm. you're amazing. And he was, he, in the way he that, only, so in the way that only he Justin. can, the, only, the way that only he can is lower yeah. our defenses and lower our barriers and make us comfortable and make us aware that God is in the mess and you know we are broken and we can deal with that and God mm-hmm. wants to minister mm-hmm. to us he does such a fabulous job well yeah. in this context he's speaking to dads and he's particularly tapping that dad challenge of what transparency and vulnerability mm-hmm. and sort of an emotional intelligence kind of thing and just how important it is for young people especially our sons to know we love them and to hug them and to, mm-hmm. to experience them so <laughs> Jeff shared uh, just very candidly comfortable with us he was in the back and just and you know, ask for people to raise their hand who maybe struggle with this, and how awesome to have the witness of fathers who, let's face it, if we don't stretch, we don't grow. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why right. a whole lot of folks mm-hmm. right now are struggling because they're not being stretched, not in a judgy, judgmental right. sort of mm-hmm. way, but that sense that we're all on this journey. All of us mm-hmm. want to grow more right. deeply and more intimately with their wives. I mean, Peter Herbeck put this best. He said, many of us are in like a loveless marriage, which is not mm-hmm. only our immediate marriages, it's also with the faith. It can be like a loveless marriage. We pay the bills responsibly. We take the kids to their places. But at some point, Mm -hmm. it becomes rote. It becomes going through the motions. And we Mm -hmm. fail to receive the gift that God gave us in one another. We fail to see that it's an infinite gift. And so places like Mm -hmm. Apostle for Family Consecration, Mass Impact, what we're about Mm -hmm. is to open that door to more fully discover and be attuned to those depths of the person Mm -hmm. that maybe otherwise we miss. And maybe there's a point here, and Nikki, I want to ask you to maybe share what a day looks like, a day in the life at Catholic Family Land, in your Mm -hmm. experience, and Teresa, chime in on that. But, you know, folks, point number one, do we set aside Sabbath time? Do we even know what mm-hmm. Sabbath time is? The the Jews were actually exiled for not observing Sabbath time, letting the mm-hmm. seventh year lie fallow. He was so ticked off. And the irony of it is he's ticked off because he can't bless them. He wants to bless mm-hmm. us. He wants to pour it into our lives. But we've kind of stripped from that Sunday mm-hmm. that God gives us and kind of made it like any other day except for going to Mass. And we're not, you know, receiving that grace and that blessing. Well, a week at Catholic Family Land is like... Uh, Sabbath on overdrive for families that's <laughs> enjoyable and fun and you have, you know, engaging talks that are relevant and one thing I really like is it's a spirit of self-effacing journey. The people who are speaking mm-hmm. are not, we've arrived and pointing down. No, here's the landscape folks that we men want to grow in in particular areas and women for the same reason. Which of us don't want that specified and a journey with others? Mm-hmm. So share with me a little bit, Nikki, about what a week was like at Catholic Family Land. Well, uh, gosh, in a nutshell, it's just, um, I want to say the prayer aspect of it is huge. Praying as a family and as a community and having fun. 
I think those mm-hmm. are the two big things. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we took away is that prayer can be an integral part of your family and mm-hmm. it can be fun. And our mm-hmm. kids have come to really rely on that and they, they get a lot of security from that. And so every day we start with mass with a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Is that about mm-hmm. how many, Teresa, wow. I think? Yes. I mean, over a yes, hundred families. Mm-hmm. And it is such a beautiful part of the day. And to start a day every day with over a hundred families praying the mass with at least three to five deacons and priests can celebrating mm-hmm. and and then praying the chaplet um, at three every day. There's a family rosary and that's usually centered like around a bonfire or, you know, roasting s'mores or something fun together. And and then sandwiched in between are just amazing activities for the family. Um, from um, they can play basketball together. There's families who are all playing baseball together, volleyball, um, and just spending time together, having meals together. Um, just so many different activities, but it's all tied together with prayer. And the kids love it because they see other families doing the same thing. And other families that are imperfect, as imperfect as we are in the messiness. You know, if a kid is having a meltdown, there's another parent there who right. <laughs> will step in and help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awesome just to see um, everyone together, um, you know, just being themselves. And when we leave, by the end of the week, my kids are so sad to leave. And they always say, I wish we could live here. Can we go mm-hmm. to the next? Can we go to all of them all summer? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. And they always make comments. Everyone here is so nice. Um, so yeah. it's really like a little piece of heaven on earth. And um, and it's just made it so much easier for us to pray at home. Mm-hmm. And our kids actually want to pray the rosary together. And they remind me to bless them before bed. And mm-hmm. um, Beautiful. It, it's just, Beautiful. it just becomes a natural part of um, our day-to-day life, not that it's perfect, not that we remember, you know, every day, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to say the prayers that we usually say, but, um, mm-hmm. and, and I have to share too that, um, my son is in college now and, um, I, I don't want to be overbearing or, um, you know, tell him what to do. Um, mm-hmm. but my husband went to visit him last night and my husband ended up staying, with him to go to a Bible study that he is involved in at the parish, um, at the university parish. And I didn't know that he had um, joined a Bible study. So I think, you know, even when they leave the house, um, those things, those seeds are planted and and you pray that mm-hmm. your kids will take ownership in their faith when they leave the house. And that's one of my biggest prayers for my older kids. And I believe all those seeds that have been planted through Catholic Family Land and through Mass Impact and um, and even, you know, CYSC, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, we pray that that bears fruit. And I think that it really does, you know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nikki, thank you so much awesome. for calling in tonight and sharing that. Very thank inspirational you, and uh, just life-giving. And I'm sure that's 
that's not the only thing that you ever hear, Teresa, but it has to warm your heart. And, yes, um, it definitely just does. So give, happy to hear that, Nikki. Yeah, mm-hmm. blessing up, as we say. So, Teresa, I'm sure that, that that's just one of many transformational stories. Yeah. Do you have others that come to mind that you can share of people who've come back and shared things yeah, with they're, you? They're, yeah, they're very similar to what Nikki has shared, and, and I thank Nikki for, for sharing that. And I know that my parents' uh, vision was um, to to create, you know, God-centered families, which would lead to God-centered communities and God-centered neighborhoods. And really, Catholic Family Land, a week there, is families get to experience God at the center of their lives and, and each day. Um, and, and God has blessed us with a beautiful world and with so many um fun and amazing things so that that's a part of of living fully alive in christ and um but the most important thing is our relationship with him and him um are are first and foremost and and priority in the center so um catholic family land a week there for families gives them an experience that it is possible in the busyness of life and with all of activities and the funds and the challenges and the trials that, that God is still wants to be a part of that and he is there. So um, I think Nikki did a good job just explaining um, what that experience um, a Catholic family land is like. And it's really the vision and intention is meant to take that and bring that back home with you. It's, it's not a complicated um, experience or scenario. It's very simple. Um, but that taking those moments um, to to um, praise God, to call upon Him, to reflect upon His life and as a family, and um, what that can do um, for your spiritual journey is is um, amazing. Awesome! You are on Ignite Radio Live. We have Teresa Schmitz of the Apostolate for Family Consecration. Check out their website at afc dot org. Um, they have an event coming up this weekend, as Greg said, the Totus Tuus Conference, which you can check that out there. Uh, Nikki, our caller, mentioned Catholic Family Land, which is what Teresa was just commenting on. You also have many other um, events through the year that take place there, Teresa. Can you explain to the listeners what some of those opportunities are? Yes. Um, so we have uh, youth retreats. Uh, we have our youth retreat for um, high school um, into college age girls, uh, females, and then also we have a separate one for the males. Um, then we have silent retreats for um, adults. Um, we have a separate one for women and a separate one for men. And um, then we have our mini our mini Holy Family Fest, which are um, a shortened experience um, of our week long Holy Family Fest. Um, and those are all throughout the country. Um, our Holy Family Fests are uh, five weeks um, throughout the summer. We host them. They're one week long, and we have five of them. And then in the fall, we have a family conference. Um, so those are our events at this time. Um, we are looking to expand um, the experiences of Catholic Family Land and open it up for um, families to be able to come or other ministries to be able to come and just host. Um, events at, at, at a place that is really set apart um, from the world, but, you know, really taking in the, the beauty and, and creating an environment and an experience for people to encounter God. Awesome. So, folks, at the AFC.org site on the far right, 
There are a number of awesome tabs that you can see here. Journey, Portal, Events, Prayer Site, Your World. And I clicked on Your World and clicked on Vocations. Tell us, um, Teresa, a little bit about uh, vocations available with the Apostle for Family Consecration. Yes, so um, in the beginning years of, of this uh, apostolate being formed, um, my parents, um, my dad was in particular um, motivated by the fact that he saw other um, non-Catholic um, groups um, where young people were dedicating a period of their lives um, to um, promote and share the gospel. And um, so he felt, you know, why can't something like this be available for Catholic young people to be able to do so um, he opened the door for an avenue of young people to be able to commit to um, two years, um, one year or two years out of their, their youth to um, enter into um, a Catholic community and living Catholic faith with you know, much more intention and purpose and, and sharing that with others. And so um, that was the beginning um, of what eventually led to a uh, lifetime commitment of lay celibates um, living a consecration of life, um, where um, after a period of time, those who were volunteering for two years felt called to stay. Um, they felt uh, called to um, be a part of, of this mission and to be a part of helping helping to um, strengthen family life. So, um with the working of the Holy Spirit to forge a lay celibate branch within the Apostolate for Family Consecration, which is known as the Catholic Corps. And we have a, a men's community and a women's community, and um, they live very much a, a life like a, a consecrated or religious, um, but they're in, in a lay um, association, and um, they do make private vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience, and they, they give their life fully to Christ, and they lay it down for um, the sanctification of families. Um, and then we have missionary opportunities for college-age um, children. It's called our Alumni Corps Program, and it gives uh, college-age um, youth an opportunity to give a period of their life um, to to Christ, and, and they have a community of, of prayer and of formation and of service and, and service to um, the Church through um, serving families in this ministry. And then we have a missionary branch for high school, um, and that's um, a period of, of time for them where they give their summer and live in community and prayer and formation and serve families through this ministry. And we hear many testimonies from our missionaries how much um, their time here um, has um, enriched their spiritual life and their relationship with Christ and um, is is helping them in their journey and really forming disciples. Um, and we we average about 30 um, per summer um, where awesome. they, they spend a time here, they get formation, they're able to serve, but then they take that with them back in their communities and their colleges and their careers. And um, it's, really, it's really neat to see how um, that is um, the light of Christ being spread um, beyond uh, Catholic family land. That's beautiful. A good friend of ours, Father Ed Losey, now Monsignor Ed Losey, he was mm-hmm. in Rome for a while, a good, good friend of our Bishop mm-hmm. Thomas. He would say back in the day, we don't have a crisis in vocations to priesthood mm-hmm. or married life. We have a crisis in commitment. 
yeah. crisis and commitment. And we're finding, and maybe you could comment on this also, but we're finding that many people desire to experience more regularity of the blessing and, and to uh, walk in it. And they'll go to this or that because it fits their schedule and praise God. Praise God for making a commitment to go to any limited event. But what you just described, and for our listeners to kind of punctuate, is that God calls us to a way of life. And maybe many of us inherited maybe a, I don't know, a totalitarian, stuffy, cold, I don't know what is in people's mindsets when they think of commitment, that it's going to, you know, constrain us. Or I want to be free. I mean, even now, as you know, free events, everybody waits to the last second. There's there's so little anymore, uh, even marriages. Well, we'll see how, I don't think anybody says we'll see how it goes, although some might. I mean, we, we've lost this integral sense yeah. that Christ shows us of God reveals, and we respond mm-hmm. in faith. We respond yeah. in faith and we say yes. Does it mean that we have all the knowledge or information necessarily? But you never do. So there's something mm-hmm. in this revelation to live as husband, as wife, as family, mm-hmm. and as your creating a platform or an understanding of how to live it in a consecrated way. One says yes to this, and truthfully, it's my experience that really, like the the whole image of Peter being summoned out on the water, that it takes the first toe out of the comfortable boat Mm -hmm. onto the water with a sense of God's going to sustain me before Mm -hmm. a lot of grace happens. And even the biographies, if you will, of great pioneers throughout uh, Mm -hmm. American history, um, certainly some Christian, many Christians, some weren't, but that cooperation with that sense of, I am in faith going to take a step and God is going to sustain me. How do you see that? question of growth and commitment how important it is it is it and how do you see it playing out of those coming through the doors and maybe Mm -hmm. leaving uh the apostolate for family consecration yeah that's a great point no doubt i mean that's at at, at the core of of some of our biggest um struggles and and issues is, is the lack of commitment and um interestingly and i really never really pondered on this until so you're kind of drawing this out. Um, one thing that I do look to my parents that they were so strong on commitment. Um, they themselves uh, were high school sweethearts, and they got married right out of high school, 18 and 19 years old, oh. and um, had 12 children and um, lived happily ever after uh, with lots of trials in between. But um, the, the, the concept of of being grounded and anchored in in a yes in a all heart all in that yes this is this is what I'm laying my life down for this is what I'm going to do that eliminates so many other distractions or um, potential for you know mishaps or just floundering and and it's really lacking um, in our time and our day and age um, of people are so afraid of commitment um, and, it, and it goes for me it goes to the to the core of the gospel the the call from from Christ from Jesus to say you know if you want to be a disciple deny yourself and then follow me um, it's like you have to make a commitment you have to say okay I'm I believe that this is what I'm called to, and and not and deny yourself the all of the options. You know, there's so many options, and you could keep them open ended forever without making mm-hmm. commitments. So, mm-hmm. um, and I believe you know my parents really fostered that very strongly in us. Their twelve children, they they had 
they they formed us in commitment, and there there really was a lot of guidelines and structure around our, our relationships. Like we weren't just allowed to flounder, um, mm-hmm. and so I feel like the the parents have such a role in nurturing, leading their children to commitment, um, whatever that is. But being intentional about that as parents because we're losing that. I think that um, the older generations and my parents' generations, I think that there was a it was much more um, um, wherewithal or, or uh, willingness to commit than, than where we're at today. Yeah. So I know, for instance, in our family, and I'm not saying this is a recommendation for families, but it's just, for me, a, a concrete, tangible where I look at, you know, my parents' held commitment at a very, very high value that, you know, us they had eight daughters and we were not allowed to leave the home, move out of the home until we were in a in making a commitment to a a life that's style, awesome. a way of life. That's so awesome. whether we were married Teresa, or, or entering that that's a beautiful testimony. I, I know we're gonna have to have you back on to yeah. continue some of these oh, things. Well, thank you. But I do we, with a short time left, we have a brother in Christ now who is a real friend of the apostolate and I just want to ask our brother Mike Bragg to maybe punctuate for us okay. his experience at the apostolate. Welcome, Mike. Well, I just, yeah, I just want to thank Teresa for uh, for all the work that she does and her ministry and I actually think that what the Apostle is doing, what you're doing with Mass Impact, what Justin Sadiq is doing is also mm-hmm. important right now, especially with what's going on with the Church. I think it's so important mm-hmm. for these lay apostolates to just keep energizing the lay faithful and keep us focused on Christ. So I just think everything yeah. is so important, that, that, that all you're doing. So, so thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for calling and blessings to your family also. Teresa, we're just going to close in prayer right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, in this amnesia and the clouds, the fog of this day, you revealed your Son, Jesus, to reveal our nature to lay down our lives for the good of another, the joy that comes from it, the mystery of joy that comes from self-sacrifice. And reveal to us our nature of self-giving love. We literally called to participate in the Trinity, that families are icons and instruments of the Trinity. Awaken us all the more to this identity and mission for the glory of your name through Christ our Lord, we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.